What's up, everybody? Welcome to the newest episode of the First Five Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Pennell of Element Health and Wellness here in Uptown Dallas. Guys, I have a special guest for you today, uh, a good friend of mine growing up. His name is Jacob Godar. He is the owner, CEO of Scooter's Lawn Care in Springfield, Illinois, uh, right in the central heart of heart of uh, Illinois there, about 30 minutes from our hometown of Jacksonville. So I'm excited to bring Jacob on. He's joined us in the past when we had the Entrepreneur's Edge podcast, but we're going to align this podcast a lot more for the newer chiropractic student, the new business professional. Guys, this, this individual has a million, a million really, really cool things to say. And funny enough, he's taken a, a company that he essentially started from scratch, uh, going a, around with a, a push mower and going house to house, growing his business. And he's now created a team of over 20 people and that's continuously growing. And then they're grossing over a million dollars a year and expect that to be up close to 2 million. Insane, insane, insane. We were talking earlier, he said that his first year, he was around $20,000. So as you can imagine, to grow it uh, in you know five, six year time frame is, is pretty wild. So I'm excited to have you guys listening to him. Welcome to the show. Good friend, Jacob Godar. Hey, thank you so much for having me on here. I uh, one of my favorite conversations is to be talking about people starting their business and, and and taking off, getting getting names, getting leads, whatever type of business that is, and starting to 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 make some revenue and get rolling. So I can't wait. I love it. You know, you and I have talked on a lot of general terms in the past and a lot of general business ideas, and so. You know, guys, feel free to go back into some of the old podcasts. You can see the full rundown. Uh, I kept it going from the Entrepreneur's Edge to the first five podcasts, but this one's going to be a little different. We've got a, a little focus in here. So, Jacob, we're going to kick it off right off the bat. You know, we're going to try to keep this around 30-ish minutes, guys. I want to keep it to the point. And so, you know, one of the things that comes to mind with you, Jacob, is, you know, in my in my mind, you've already, you've always been a creative person. Um you know, you've always liked to build things and, and create something from nothing. And I think that's, that's pretty awesome. You know, talk to me about your childhood and, you know, where some of that mindset came from. Yeah. I mean, when I was younger, I just, I, I remember it started with, um, every toy I took apart, disassembled, I never got any of them back together. There was a, <laughs> it was a turning point where I, I actually got this little tiny radio back together. Um, so it started with that, like figuring out things, always, always trying to figure things out and, and try to learn. Um, you know, it went from there to, you know, playing with, with Legos and building stuff, constantly building, then, then to motors on dirt bikes and everything else. And, uh, I mean that that was it. Always working on and figuring things out, and that ties so directly into starting a business. Like if you can figure out problems, you'll be good at having a business. You're 100 percent right, and having the having someone around that's willing to dive into the information and figure it out is so important. Because a big, big majority of the people out there, myself included, at times like. You start struggling with something. It's like, dude, I'm done dealing with this. Like, all right, who who can help me? And sometimes that's necessary. But how important is it to, 
you know, whether it's Googling, whether it's calling friends, whether it's leaning on a mentor, how important is it for yourself to dive in and actually figure out that information that you're maybe lacking? It really depends on what the information is. Like today, we're hanging a heater in our home shop. You know, that's something I wish I knew nothing about. That's something I want nothing to do with. <laughs> and it really doesn't benefit me to have accomplished that myself. And and every time I work on things now, I realize how much it just doesn't do anything for me anymore. Um, but certain things, certain aspects of your business, like, like if you're starting out, learning about accounting, you know, learning about numbers, learning what a profit and loss is, a balance sheet, how how they relate, what cash flow is, and all these things. Like, um, do you need to be a professional, and should you be good at it? No, that's what an accountant's for. Um, but do you need to understand some of it to a point of being able to apply it in your business and and make sure your business is profitable and to to steer the ship that is a growing business? Yes. So it all. It all depends what it is, but there's so many things that you're 100% right that you should dig in and you, you should learn something about. No, I completely agree with that. And uh, I want to give our audience, especially the chiropractors, something to think about that kind of plays along with what Jacob was saying. Uh, I definitely think that there are things that we don't need to waste our time diving into, right? Some things that may be irrelevant for our actual day-to-day -day or may just be a time waster. But that being said, um, I want to give a quick example. So our front desk, our, our office manager um, has gone through processes for a while in regards to like insurance and billing and different aspects. And for a long time, I just let her deal with it because I thought, hey, this is something that I shouldn't have to on a day to day uh, mess around with. And I think she can handle it. And I'd rather pass that off. I'm not a uh, um, I don't like to be up people's asses all the time with with things that aren't necessary for me to be mingling in. However, that being said, a lot of things were not being done correctly and not being done efficiently. And so then in turn, I had to dive into all that stuff to find out exactly what our day-to-day -day process was. Now she was doing the best she could, but she needed a little bit of direction, right? And so finding out exactly how payments were being taken and how we could uh, you know, record information that was being passed day-to-day -day so that it actually meant something uh, more, I don't know, more special, more more uh, uh, able to be recorded and documented and, and then put into graphs. So I, I completely agree with that. Jacob, what, uh, you know, something that I saw as, as a kid, and I, I want you to comment on this, for you, it seemed like you would go from, you know, one thing that you were super passionate about, right? Like at one point it was the RC cars and it was head over heels into that. And then that was kind of, you know, put aside and then it was into the dirt bikes and different things. And what I take away from that is that, when something's in front of you, you're wholehearted, 100%. Um, there's probably times where it's a little scatterbrained, but in general, <laughs> he's shaking his head, no. But uh, in general, when you're, I like the fact that when you're you're diving into something, you're wholehearted, you're going all out. Talk to me about that importance. Yeah, I mean, that is very, it's very aggravating for other people, um, but it really, really helps for, for business. It, I get completely obsessed with whatever it is that I'm into. So if right now that's learning about uh, Zoom and how to use Zoom as a, as a training platform. And I'm obsessed with that. It's weird though that over time I've been able to obsess with a few things at a time where it used to only be one. Um, but but that's what it takes. It takes that, uh, that like, like the numbers part of business. I just became so obsessed with that when I started a business to the point where I got so 
so so literate in 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 the numbers of a business, and it's that's so crucial. And it, it allows obsessing, being so obsessive with things, just allows me to take something and learn it really quick. Like I decided earlier last year, or last, I can't even remember what it was that I was going to get my uh, life insurance license so I could produce life insurance, and I became obsessed with it. In like three months, I was a licensed life insurance producer. Not that I'm going to use it, but I love life insurance. I think it's a great tool, and because of the obsession, I'm able to like fly through stuff if I want to. I love it. You know, you touch on Zoom. And I think that's a, a great topic to bring up. I don't want to spend a lot of time with it, but Zoom is uh, is something really interesting. And I feel like you and I played a, around a lot with it as mm-hmm. the pandemic hit. And when we couldn't necessarily be out in the community seeing people as much as we would have liked, uh, you know, now it brings on the opportunity to do some podcasts and different things where I don't have to be sitting right next to somebody to still have a good, high-quality podcast with great information. How has it changed your business and how you can connect with other people? So we haven't implemented as much as we should, but in the future, you know, the connection, um, definitely meeting with other contractors, it's really, if he's talking on the phone, there's just something about being face-to-face that's nicer. So if we're trying to have like a mastermind, that that's that's awesome. That's really great for that. Um, in our industry, I think this is going to be really good to sell with people in the future. So I don't have to necessarily... Uh, we can be super flexible. I don't have to be in your home. You know, I can still we can still be face to face. There, there's so the the opportunities are limitless, and and a lot of things that you would think, oh no, that would never work. I mean, you just have to start doing it and make it work. There's people selling quarter million dollar jobs for landscape installations over Zoom, face to face with someone and never actually seeing them in person. Now, are we doing that? No, not yet. But would I love to start using it more? Yes, because it's it's a powerful, powerful tool to be able to do. The more I can do for my office without actually having to leave and run a million places, I, I love it. No, that's fantastic. And I obviously, when it comes to chiropractic, we have to be hands-on. We're in person, all those things. But I the a big part of the first five podcasts is also getting people to think outside the box. And I love that Jacob is always progressing his business and looking at different ways to bring good information and to grow and to mentor others. And so, you know, I want our audience to take a look at Zoom and, and other things that we're talking about and just see how they could potentially implement it, right? I'm not expecting the people listening to this to want to jump out and start a podcast or want to, you know, grow landscaping business, whatever it is, if you do fantastic, but really taking these tools and, and thinking, how can I, um, how can I benefit from some of the things that we're talking about? And so you're going to do a lot of cool things with that, Jacob. I'm excited to see this guy has got a lot of, of, uh, of awesome backend things in the works that you're going to have to pay attention to his YouTube channel, his social media, it's coming along. It's going to be cool. So the next question for you, Jacob, is, uh, you know, generally speaking, I, I'm sure you would consider like you're a regular guy overall, right? And that's a, that's, a, that's a cool thing for a lot of the audience to hear because for most of us, when we look at professional athletes, when we look at high-level business owners, uh, when we look at, you know, movie stars and actors, we think that they have something that most of the rest of us don't possess. And maybe there are certain talents that they do, but there's a lot of things that hard work and dedication and learning can make up for. So, you know, just speak to me about what you've had to do to maybe just overcome some of the regularities to take your, you know, um, your business to a whole nother level. 
I mean, you make a great point there. You definitely don't have to be some special person to, to have a business or to, to be spectacular in an area of your life. But, um, you know, I would think the main, probably one of the biggest things is, is persistence. You know, just the ability to never stop will take someone much further than like natural, just natural skill. Because people that are naturally skilled towards things typically, um, fade out fade away if they don't have persistence in that just because someone is super super skilled naturally skilled that doesn't give them drive um so so for me probably one of the biggest things and i don't know if it comes with the obsession that i was talking about but the the level of persistence uh, it's another thing that's extremely annoying to people because i just i just don't stop typically and this sounds horrible um, but it's great with business. But I, I just don't stop till I get where I want to be. You know, I just, it just, it, nothing, I don't let anything stop me. No, it's fantastic. And I think you, you play along with this quote. I don't know where it came from, but I remember hearing it in high school football. Coach would always say, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And mm -hmm. I, it's true. You know, I mean, there are plenty and plenty of talented people. Look at the NFL, look at, you know, our chiropractic friends look at probably anyone within your industry, Jacob, and there are, there are many people that are very good at what they do that are just lazy as hell. Yeah. Hey, hey perfect example. Back, let's kick at the motocross. Yeah. Jason, Jason Lawrence. Yes. One of my favorite riders of yeah. all time. Super skilled. His life's too screwed up to compete, and he could have been amazing, but he wasn't. Absolutely. Or even uh, – and. Maybe some of the audience will know a little bit about motocross, but I think this is another great example. Back in the amateur racing days, there was a guy named Mike Alessi who was just a total, total stud, maybe one of the best amateur riders ever. And he gets into the pros, and I don't know exactly what happens, whether it's attitude, family, just doesn't have the same work ethic, but you have guys that could barely compete with him in the amateurs are – bigger names than he ever became in the professionals, Ryan Villapoto and, and some of these guys, Ryan Dungey, and yep. because they just put in the work and they grinded, and it, it's amazing to see the difference in how that played out for him. 100%. 100%. So when we were talking about you growing your business, Jacob, and you're talking basically from nothing, right? Like yep. talk me through some of the things that you did that maybe others didn't do. You know, f did you physically go door to door talking to people about mowing lawns? I know at one time you talked about hanging flyers. You know, what were some of the things that you did to get yourself, you know, off the ground and running? I was just thinking about this because I shot a YouTube video about how to start a business with no money. And, uh, you know, maybe with just, just a small amount of money. And that kind of, it kind of brought me back to the beginning um, because I really didn't have anything. And I, I was coming from having a, a good job and I needed to make it work really, really fast. And um, I, that's exactly what I did. I mean, I took super, super budget, low dollar printed flyers that I got printed for next to nothing that had, uh, I, we used to still have some of the originals. I probably could find one somewhere, but um, they looked ridiculous compared to like what our marketing looks like now. <laughs> And I just went door to door with those flyers. Um, I, I was literally walking up and down the streets, knocking on doors, handing out the flyers, saying, hey, you know, my name's Jacob, uh, owner of Scooters Lawn Care. Uh, I'd love to, uh, love to help you in the future. Keep me in mind, you know, and just um, 
just always knocking on doors. And I've done that more than once. When I started in Florida, I and this was after I already knew how to do it, and I was knocking on doors. I didn't even have a flyer then because I know more about selling, and I would just knock on the door and try to get an estimate, try to get the opportunity to sell something. Um, and it worked even better down there. So, um, yeah, just aggressively pushing to get some sort of service to make some money to market more is really what I did. Two things. Uh, number one, great, great point. You don't have to have the best of the best in order to get off the ground. You know, guys, starting a, a chiropractic office, you do not need to have, you know, 4,000 square feet and the the nicest lasers and all of that stuff that may help you a little bit, but it doesn't make people come in and see you any differently than if you had one room, you know, you had one receptionist, you had, you know, a couple odds and ends things that helped you get by. Um, I think some people look at our office down here in Dallas and think like, man, that's uh, you know, that's a great setup and it is, but you have to understand that we've had the opportunity to have different business investors involved that have helped front some of the finances of, of opening an office kind of like that, you know? And the thing is you don't get those opportunities unless you grow and build a name for yourself prior to that time even. Right. And I think that's what Jacob's getting at too, is that regardless of what your position is and everybody's so different, if you have the financial resources, great, you know, utilize them. Don't be stupid about it, but utilize them. But a lot of us, you don't have to have all the bells and whistles in order to grow. Did anybody think less of you, Jacob, because you didn't have the big trucks with the scooters lawn care, or at least to your knowledge? No, no. I mean, you know, we didn't have the nicest stuff. It was, uh, you know, you know, we started with like a little magnet on the side of the truck. And I mean, we still have a lot of vehicles that are out in the field that um, we've got some great lettering on some and not the best on others. I mean, it's more about the service that we bring to the table, the customer service that our office brings to the table. Uh, all the things, it's, it's a big, it's a big, all these little pieces make the whole. Um, but yeah, starting off, people get really caught up with, you know, in my industry, people get caught up with having the nicest mower and the nicest truck and the nicest this and the nicest that. And like before they've even got like proof of concept that they're going to go anywhere with their business, like start with nothing, buy exactly what you need. Like just, just use my industry, but it works the same for every business. Um, if you got a mowing job, get exactly what you need to do that and don't buy any more stuff. And then when you get a trimming job, go buy hedge trimmers for that job and wait till you actually need it. Um, people just get caught up with – they get caught in the um, the trance of having all this stuff and it makes them look bigger and better. When, when if you don't have any work to do, if you don't have any people to adjust, um, you know, the biggest and the best office doesn't make you a better provider of a service. And actually what it does is hurt you because your overhead is so high that you have to overcome these massive odds in order to even make money. And that's a, that's a big problem, guys. We're going to do a whole different podcast. We'll do multiple podcasts on financial freedom and, you know, paying debt and doing different things like that. But I know multiple other chiropractors within my class that had, you know, bought the lasers and did all the stuff and had a really tough time getting people in and, and surviving. And then, you know, even myself starting out, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I put a lot of money on credit cards and different things that, you know, I'm like, oh, down the road, I'll be able to pay it off. No big deal. And while part of that is true, yes, I can pay it. Unfortunately, now I don't have as much income because I have to pay a lot of this stuff off and we're continuously getting better and better. 
But if you can learn something, it's keeping that overhead low, not spending more than you have. And look, sometimes you got to learn from your own mistakes. I mean, Jacob, can you attest to that? 100%. 100%. And sometimes it, it just takes you you messing up. I don't know how many times the guys at Performance told me not to go buy a truck in 2017 when I was like, no, this is this is what I want. Like, I'm making enough money. Like, well, if you want to, go for it, you know. But I think not having a car payment's great. Like, nah, yeah, yeah, I really want the, uh, you know, the nice looking vehicle. And, you know, it was just more of an ego thing than anything else. And although, yes, I could afford it and it was all fine. At the end of the day, it was cutting into what I got to take home because I had to pay out more than I should have. What, give me, give me an instance where something like that has happened to you, Jacob, has anything occurred in that way? Well, some stuff has, but I'll tell you like a real quick beginner's lesson um, financially for starting a business. If you can't write it off and it doesn't make money, don't buy it. Mm, that's a good one. You know, like I never, I never care. Like if it didn't, and to a to a fault of where um, it's frustrated people around me because we could and we still didn't. Um, I just, I don't, I don't need anything, so I don't buy. Um, like even though I really want a Tesla. And I'm gonna buy one, and I might even buy one next year. I can still write it off because it'll be my estimating car, and I'll probably just get a lease on it, and I'll write off every cent of it, and it'll be what I go out to make money with. Um, but that's different for everybody. Not everybody needs that tool to drive around and and go sell work where I can. Um, but that's how I focus, like almost all my financial decisions. I just don't really. Uh, that's one of the areas that I've always been real strong with because I only bought it if it made money. Um, but yeah, it's super easy to get caught up in pitfalls. I think my biggest thing would be wanting so much so fast and willing to take any amount of risk that I need to, because I come from a background of, uh, and I still now I'm racing again more than ever trying to, you know, back in and, and being competitive. And now my kids are racing too. Um, but I come from such a, a risk adverse background and, and like the financial stuff doesn't really bother me that much because it's typically something that, um, I perform pretty well financially when my back is against the wall where I don't always perform well with my back against the wall in that area. I do, um, but yeah, over getting getting crazy and wanting to push too fast has probably always been my biggest downfall that before has almost kind of caught up with me. That's uh, that's some excellent piece, pieces of advice, really. And I like the, if you can't write it off, don't buy it. You know, Dave Ramsey talks about that a little bit in some of his podcasts and his book a little bit too, that, you know, basically early on, use cash as much as you can to buy things, you know, cars included. And he's like, now I have some pretty pretty nice cars, some pretty uh, expensive things. He's like, one, I can afford it, but two, a lot of them are able to be run through the business and they're, you know, write-off material and different things like that. Like if you're smart about it and it can make sense, you know, you, you can utilize that to your advantage, but I still wouldn't, to Jacob's point, don't buy a Tesla the first year because you can go around door to door talking about chiropractic, right? Like, you know, Godard's in a different yeah. deal than most of your first year people. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, and you know, like even so, not to like the Dave Ramsey thing. Some people are really into that. Me personally, I'm not a big Dave Ramsey guy. Um, that's where, like, if you're gonna buy it for yourself, if Matthew wants to go and buy that truck because he thinks he deserves it because he's worked so hard and he can't write it off and it doesn't, it doesn't make him income. Well, then he should go buy it with cash if that's the case. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm not as worried about borrowing money 
when it drives more money. Any money to make more money is good to me as long as it's not like money at 20%. Like that is not, that's not a good financial decision. But in those instances too, you're also looking at opportunities where if you purchase something that is to make you more money, not just because you want it, then you could also turn around and sell that. You know, I mean, lease is different, but in general, it could still work out because, hey, all right, it's not making as much money as I want. I want to dump it. And now I, you know, now that money is free again. So, you know, that's why when people buy businesses and different things, like they may not be cash rich at the moment, but they have assets that they can sell that will in turn like, you know, hey, you may have $2 million in assets, but technically on paper, you make 50 grand a year. Well, guess what? If you wanted to sell those, you'd be a millionaire. So there's, you know, some differences. The other thing that I would talk a little bit about is, you know, one of the things that I struggled with personally that maybe some of you in the audience will also, I do think that a, a big piece of how we feel like we need to fit in or what things we need to buy is somewhat due to the people that we surround ourselves with and the different situations. You know, for me, at the time, I was a chiropractor performance chiropractic like the group had a big name everyone there had been in practice for a while you know we're dealing with professional athletes and and high level stuff and i didn't want to drive around a car that had rust on it and things like that now does it make it right or wrong that that's not really the point but the point is is that when it comes to that stuff regardless of what you think other people keep in mind for you also know that everyone's situation is different. And I think now people will respect you more for standing your ground of like, Hey, I just can't afford it right now. People may joke and give you some crap, but deep down they respect that they should. Or if they're, if they're a high enough level business professional, they know money, they know when you're tight, you're tight. And you know, as time goes and you can expand and grow great. Um, but I think anytime that we make a financial decision, purely to somewhat satisfy this need to impress others or to fit in or whatever, like you're going to lose every single time. And I have. So make sure that that's not you. Yeah. I mean, definitely. That's like one thing, like the probably I've got a YouTube video about it from a long time ago, but like one of my most important things that I've got three kids now and that I want to teach all of them is like, it's totally irrelevant what other people think about you especially if you're going and starting a business, you have to not care. Like if you actually want to have a good business, um, you just can't because if you try anything new or against the grain that is actually going to become like amazing and cool someday, people are going to think you were crazy when you did it. Like people aren't going to like it. People are going to talk bad about you. Actually, usually the better you do, the more people you have that talk bad about you because no one likes to see someone do well like i mean yes some people do but typically like your friends that you always thought were your like little buddies like don't care that much about it because you stop partying with them and you stop doing so much with them and and you know back home i only have one really one close friend because it was all just a bunch of drinking buddies before um and the more serious i got the less serious they got about you know all of us doing stuff together man that, that's that's true for sure and I think as time goes, you start to um, to mingle around those that that tie a little bit more into what you want long term for yourself and for your family, right? That's why you get couples friends and family friends, and I think even things like this has, in turn, we've talked about a little bit in the past, but have brought Jacob and I back together again um, because there's similar interests, right? Like we're trying to build and grow, and and I think seeing 
what Jacob has put into practice and his growth mindset and how dedicated he is to what he does, you know, he's uh, it's it's kept that drive alive and it keeps me pushing also. And so you start to find people that fit in with that same mindset and that's who you begin to grow more with down the road, wouldn't you think? What 100%, you know, I think probably one of the best things I've learned um, is the five people around you the, you know, the, that you spend the most time with or, or what you're going to be. And, you know, depending on what, if you want to be successful in business or whatever, you need to position yourself around other people that want that because that's what you're going to be. And just like if you position yourself around five of your friends that are smokers, well, you're going to be the sixth smoker. You know, if you position yourself around five wealthy people, you're also going to be wealthy. Um, and that was something I learned fairly early in business is to, you know, more than ever now, I just really watch who I'm around um, because I want it to be, maybe maybe it's even greedy, I don't know, but I want it to be good for me. You know, I want it to, I want to have a mutual thing where someone benefits from being around me and I benefit from being around them. I'm not just like falling lower because of my relations. No doubt. And keep in mind too, guys, like you can have a few friends that, hey, when you're done with some work stuff and you want to have a drink, like, do that too. Like, it's completely For up sure. to you, you know? Like, you can have family friends. You can have work friends. You can have, you know, golf friends or whatever so that you can still live your life. You know, everybody's different with how much they want to dedicate. And that's why it's not right or wrong either. The way that Jacob is obsessed about his business and how much he wants to grow, maybe some of you out there don't want to have a million-dollar business or you think you do but you're not willing to put in that much effort. I mean, you're going to get in what you you're, you're going to get out what you put in essentially. And so it, that comes down to a lot of of your mindset and how you want to live. 100%. 100%. It's not it, there's no one shoe fits all. You know, it's exactly it's very person to person even even in business. Um so you hit the nail on the head. One thing that I want to touch back on we're we're switching gears a little bit, but when you went said that you went uh, you know, I keep calling it door to door. I know that's maybe not exactly what you were doing, but when you were going and knocking on doors and putting up flyers and all that stuff, you said that you were looking for an opportunity to sell and, you know, you had to get aggressive with, um, you know, making sure that you're out in the community. What do you say to people that consider themselves not salesy or not good salesmen in their own minds, whether they are or they're not? Uh, is it something that you should try to create a salesy mentality should you learn how to soft sale what, what do you tell those people i think um you know the highest paid people in the world are salesmen um, if you own a business or are wanting to own a business you have to be a salesperson um, so even if you don't like it you need to learn some form of it that fits you whether that's just you know if you're an introvert you know, you still are going to have to find a way to communicate with people and to get yourself out there um, because you have to get eyeballs. Like you have to have people see you. You have to draw attention. Um, maybe you're an introvert and, and you're kind of weird and maybe that's good because maybe you'll draw more attention. I, I don't know. But like if you are afraid of selling, you're not, your, your business isn't going to grow. And you just, you just have to be able to sell because that is what having a business is, is continuously finding new leads for your services and your products and find them at a rate and close and sell and move them through the cycle fast enough to fund what you're doing. No doubt. And I would say also, you know, on top of that, um, 
you don't always have to be the biggest salesman. You have to know how to talk about your business. You have to know who is your target audience, right? You can be smart about it. You can zero it in a little bit better so that you're not just, you know, loosely calling everybody doing whatever like you can you can be smart you can utilize your talents in a way that doesn't put you at a disadvantage and then but the thing about it is when you start out most of you will not have enough money to hire out that type of person to go do the door-to-door marketing and stuff eventually you can and eventually you could hire out something that maybe you're not as good at Uh, Jacob and I were talking offline that you know he hires out now he didn't at first but hires out now some of the graphic work and and different things to put together for his YouTube videos and stuff. He's the content creator, but he has other people do what they're good at to, to put it together. Now he did a lot of that on his own for, for a very long time. Um, but same thing for me down the road. I'd love to, we were just talking again offline before this started that I personally would love to have somebody in house running all media forms for us. They'll do the email marketing. They'll take pictures. They'll I will be the physical content creator in regards to what is said and different things like that. But I would like somebody to, hey, doc, what do you think about, you know, low back pain and sitting? Cool. Let's sit and chat about that for a minute, you know, or or put together some of my words. I'll give them a phrase, but I want them to make it sound a little better. Like, I know my English isn't that great. Like, I know that I'm not that good at putting together long term ideas because I'll start I'll start writing and typing stuff. And I'll understand that at the end, I like got off on some tangent about who knows what I'm like how did I get from here to here? But that's just how my mind works. And other people are better at putting an idea to paper. Yeah. What, you know, Jacob, when you first started out and you've, you've grown it to what you are, where you're starting to outsource some things, how much of it did you do on your own? And at what point did you start figuring out that you could, you know, maybe hire a person or two people or whatever to do some of the things that were slowing you down? So for me, I was just super, super blessed and lucky to have an amazing wife that uh, really could help with marketing um, and that, that she's been there since the beginning. Um, but I think mine was more of like finding that a lot of people in my field don't start hiring employees to help do more and more and more of the work that fast, where that was probably the first thing that I realized really quickly that I didn't want to have a small business and and the first year I went out full time, I was already probably doing some like cash deal hiring people. And then by the second year full time, I was, I was starting to hire employees. And, um, so, but that's the same thing. I had somebody more on the marketing side of things, taking, looking at business now. And if I didn't have that and I was to start over again, I would 100% be hiring someone in marketing super early to try to something that's cost effective to try to get it going for me um, because I'm horrible at that stuff. I can't write well. I, I don't think I could do it. If I had to do it, I'd be scared of it because I just don't think it'd perform that well because everything would be so, so bad. Um, and that's, but, it, it, <laughs> and I've, I've seen a lot of what your, your wife writes and she does such an amazing job. Like he is, He's not lying. When you look at some of the stuff that uh, that Nicole puts out for Scooters Lawn Care, I mean, it's just it's good. It's it's heartfelt. It's community oriented. It gets the the feels going for people, and and uh, you know they utilize and and show what their workers mean to them, what their what their company means, and that's why I would encourage you guys to just do what is you. Right, like if you are a hardcore grinder and you want to talk about that, then talk about that. If if you're a funny guy or girl 
and you want to add a lot of humor to what you do, cool. If you're goofy and you want to do mm-hmm. TikTok dances with your chiropractic, whatever, do it. It's not my style, but maybe it is yours. And use that to your advantage just because what Jacob does or what I do and that has worked for us over time may not be what fits you best. So utilize well, your talents. Well, and I think like you were saying, you know, like, what did you, like, when did you start getting someone else to do some of the stuff or like, how long does that take? And I think like, for me, I could have never really done the marketing well. I just know it. Like if I write, it's sad, you know, I'm not afraid to admit (laughs) that. It's, it's just pitiful. I, I, you know, my spelling, everything, it's, it's, it's horrendous. Um, but I think like whoever you are, do more of whatever you can do starting out. So like me, I could fix the, I could fix anything. So I could fix any trucks, you know, I could, I could service or build anything. So any service we offered, I could do it all. So anything that you can do more of when you're starting out to save money to put the spend money on the stuff that you're super super weak at because someday you'll be able to have people doing a lot of different things but that's not how it starts off very very true did you get to a certain point like when you started hiring other people were you putting in like did you know all right i've got x amount of extra cap space that i want to do that did it put you somewhat in the hole knowing that you were going to be growing that part of your business what did that look like for you having like you said hiring people yeah like hiring others within your group and i don't know who the first person was i would assume it was probably like receptionist or some of those type people maybe it was others to mow the lawn but how how did it work how you knew that like all right this is going to be a good financial move for me you know uh, almost like all my decisions are gut decisions. You know, uh, our people that we hired first, we didn't hire someone for the office until we were doing a quarter million in sales a year. Um, so that took a couple of years to kind of, to get to that point. And so it was all field people and it was something that I knew how to manage. Uh, you know, I had the wife helping me with everything else. And I, one thing that's really funny is, you know, starting off, we've got awesome people now that like get what we're trying to do and see the value that we're trying to bring. Um, but starting off, you know, I can, I can just remember so many people that just thought I was getting rich and, and they just weren't the ideal employees. You, you haven't nailed down your hiring process. You just haven't figured things out. And it's so crazy when I look back at that. Like if they worked overtime, they were making more money than me. And they were making like 15 bucks an hour. You know, like so in, in the first couple of years. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, I, I was doing, I didn't care. Like I remember for a long time, it was like 400 bucks a week or 300 bucks a week or something. And that's like, I was, that's what I was going to use. And all the other money was going to go to grow the business. Like I, so I was, I've always been really good at being strict with that stuff. You know, this is going to wind us back. This is like, maybe I feel like this is really good advice for anyone starting a business or anyone in life. Um, we, we were talking about spending money and, and, you know, spending too much on certain things. Uh, I saw this meme and, and it was, it reminded me of what it was like when I was younger, uh, a financially literate person making good decisions about finances will make money, will take 20, 40 something percent, put that over here off to the side, and then they'll leave a, a slice that is the money to spend. And when that slice is out, even though the pile is huge off to the side because that's the sacred money you always put to the side, once they use their spending slice, they tell all their friends they're broke. 
because they're broke. I'm broke. I don't have any more money. And that's how I always was. I was like, yeah, I'm broke. I remember when I lived with two of my buddies, this was way before I had a business, like I had the, the bank of bank of Godar because that's what I did. I would spend this much money and I would save the rest. So I had, I wasn't always piss ass broke and have no money. Um, and, and habits like that are really good in, in starting a business because you shouldn't be broke when you've spent every dime you've got. You should be broke when you've spent what you allow yourself to spend. Man, that's that's a fantastic point. And I guess, you know, kind of going to what you said where before I before I get into any more Dave Ramsey stuff, the thing about Jacob is a, a lot of what you're talking about, Jacob, does kind of along, align with what Ramsey says in different ways. But yeah. but the thing about you is you're, you're talking about a situation where you already had just for whatever reason, a natural ability to manage the money a little differently. I don't know if that was just something that was taught to you. I don't know if that's something that you just came up with, what you read. But a lot of the people out there, and especially a lot of you chiropractic students, because I know what kind of loans you have to take out. I know what it costs from month to month. Whether you use Dave Ramsey or not, that's not important, but you should find some type of financial mentor or somebody to lean on something because a lot of us went through a situation where we weren't good with money and there were issues. And so if you do have a problem with spending or you've overspent, like Dave Ramsey is a good resource for some of that in understanding like the respect for money and how it should go. Do you have to do all of it? I mean, if you really want to take his, um, you know, his knowledge and utilize it to the fullest, then, then yes. Um, but a lot of that I do think comes from what your background is. And, and I was a bad spender where Jacob says that he would put some aside and when he was broke or in his mind broke, he spent what he had, he wouldn't spend anymore. I was the other person. I would spend what I had and whatever money I put aside. If I wanted something, I'd go grab that money and use that too. That's bad, right? That's where things get rough on you because then you start dipping into credit cards and whatever because you're financially not very sound to where if I want a TV and even though that's maybe 200 bucks and I don't have 200 bucks, I'm going to put it on a credit card because in theory, I'm going to pay it off. Well, guess what? That's a bad move because if you don't have the money to pay that off, the chances of you doing that are going to be tough and it's just going to continue that cycle. So you have to be very careful. And and anyone that's listened to this far that's starting a business, I guess this is where I'm at. Like I I don't hate Dave Ramsey by any means. And I I watch a lot of his little shows. I don't love – I think Dave Ramsey is great for a nine-to-five person that needs to get their finances fixed. A lot of people in business have – debt they now should you borrow money to not to not create more money no you know that's where i differ with dave is because he's against all forms of debt he doesn't like even borrowing for housing and and other finances i mean we just closed on a flip house we've closed on uh, our first rental me and uh, i've got a couple partners in that and that's something that's something that um when you're in business, it is a very useful tool. But like you said, you have to you have to be smart about it, and you can't just get carried away with it. So, so that's that's the only real difference that I'm I'm kind of throwing out there. Yeah, and yes, that's that's absolutely true. I think I've tried to understand where you know Dave comes from with some of the different things, and I personally think that the reason that I honestly I. I don't want to say he's being a hypocrite because I bet you that he would agree with Jacob in a lot of what Jacob is saying. But you have to understand that what Dave is doing is he's coming at uh, he's coming at people that are so bad with money that they have no option, and you can't even tell them that good debt, like 
you know, buying because it's like, oh, then that that's good. I'm going to go ahead and spend more money. You know what I mean? Like you have yeah. to be so strict because, and you're right, it is for the nine to five person and whatnot, but sometimes people need that too. So just understand that there are a lot of different approaches to it and 100% and really depending on your situation, you know, look into it and yeah. see from there. Uh, yeah. Gary V talks a lot about documenting. I know that a lot of your YouTube videos in the past were about documenting, you know, it was like, I'm stressed out on this day every year, you know, stuff like that, that people can just relate to. And it doesn't always have to be a big, you know, pony show of, of what's going on and, and all the amazing things. Sometimes it can be, you should celebrate the wins, but man, documenting can be good too. Cause if you have a flood, if you have equipment that goes out, you know, you have to spend more here. It's good for the audience to know that and see how real it is. Talk, talk to me about, you know, what documenting has meant for you. I mean, documenting has been awesome. It's crazy that like he hit the nail on the head. He must've done his homework. Um, like videos about where I've been stressed out before. May, and may, I think maybe me and you have even talked about this is, you know, usually this year didn't happen because we were so busy. It was irrelevant, but typically in August we really slow down and it's like mid swing of the season. And that's stressful for us because we need the money to keep coming in. And I know for not this year, but the three years prior to this, every August I would make a video about stress and without even trying to. And then so two years ago and then three, four years ago, I actually made a stress video on the same day, like the same date of the year um, in August. And it just goes to show it's so cool to be able to look back and be like, oh, I was stressed out that time. I remember that. And, and it helps you kind of like learn the history of what's going on in yourself. So maybe you could predict that in the future or you could see something. And, or, or for me, like my kids could see how I think about business even if I'm gone because this, this big stream of videos is always going to be there of me talking about business, finances, and growing. Fantastic. I love it. Guys, uh, I apologize. It has been a little bit longer podcast, but I, man – it's been tough to stop it because we're we're hammering out some really great things, but I will uh, kind of blitz through the last through you know few questions here. So one, BNI, I want you to touch on quickly. You and I both did BNI to start our businesses, different businesses. Is it good, bad? What'd you think? Um, I liked it. I mean, it was a forceful way to start networking. I think even if it didn't have a lot of good, like say you didn't get tons and tons of work out of it or tons and tons of clients out of it. Um, it's really good for someone to be able to start talking and presenting themselves in front of others. So I think you should do it no matter what. Would I still go back and do it? Uh, I network so much now just with other people anyway that it'd be hard to see what sitting down with those five people would kind of do at this point. Would it still be beneficial? Uh, yeah, I mean, if I had the time, I would. But uh, So yeah, I think it's good. So for those of you that don't know, BNI is Business Networking International. A lot of cities, small towns, whatever, they have these these groups and you have to, um, like there can only be one chiropractor, there can only be one lawn care specialist. So each profession is only represented one time within the group and you're supposed to network with others each week. You record business that you've done, uh, referrals that you've given within your group. I do think that some of the fundamentals are really important regardless of how much financial gain you get from the group. You understand what leadership is, what being a president, vice president, some of the you know, speaking to other people, um, what it means to actually connect others. And even if I don't have a personal referral for Jacob, you know, maybe I know somebody else that can help him within my own network and utilizing those uh, talents and relationships, I think is, is really important. So look into it, 
make the judgment for yourself, but it can be good starting out. Uh, let's see what you talked or what we talked about in documenting things. All right. I think a lot of us want to be the expert before we're the expert. And in some ways you, you have to force yourself into it and learn as much as you can to be the expert. But I think, you know, you don't always have to be the expert talking to other people underneath you or whatever you want to say, like to your social media feed, literally documenting can take you from, you know, ground zero to the penthouse by just talking about how you, you know, wove your way through it or walked your way through whatever it is. Um, what do you, do you feel like you've ever been the expert? Do you feel like you're still growing? What, what would you talk about in regards to documenting versus like talking to others as you knowing it all? Mm. That's such a hard thing. I mean, business owners have such a, um, fear of not being good enough all the time or um, like a imposter syndrome fear that like hey do I really know what I'm talking about or am I just lucky like I've always thinking do am I really good at this or when's it gonna all fall apart so um, you know the documenting is awesome um, being recognized as an expert I do think you should you should try to know as much as you can about a certain part of your field and I feel like you should try to present yourself as an expert because you're truly trying to know as much as you can about it and 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 that's a that's a, a, a good position in business like for us me being an expert in in hardscaping is good for me to be able to go and talk to clients about it but there's always someone that knows more just like in a fight there's always someone that's a better fighter or, or there's always someone that's faster um so so yeah great documenting and i do think you should pose yourself as an expert but i don't think you're always going to feel like you are perfect answer and you know what committing to your craft is extremely important um i know for myself one of the first couple of years when i graduated school even though probably what I should have done more than anything is, you know, got into books and seminars and things even more so for chiropractic than what I even was. But I was so tired of talking chiropractic that I wanted to learn other businesses and different things like that. However, yeah. eventually, if you feel like you're lacking confidence in a certain area, it's probably because you don't have enough knowledge. So guess what? Get back to the books, get to the seminars, reach out to people that know more than you about that in particular, if you're not good at finances, reach out to those people. And I think that as you gain more knowledge, you also gain confidence. Agree or disagree? One hundred percent. The more the more you can learn, the quicker you can learn. I'm a I'm I'm like a sponge about learning. I mean, I'm reading now more than I've ever been reading. I'm I'm studying more than I've ever been studying, um, and it all just adds to your confidence. Agreed. And you know what? Regardless of where you come around. Like this year with the pandemic, I did 75 hard, started reading books, and it got me excited to read and grow. I, I didn't read a lot of books before. I think Jacob had read, you know, over the years within his business. I see you've got the 10X Rule. I love that book by by Grant Cardone. Uh, what are some of the other books that you recommend? Oh, I mean, if you're starting up a business, I think my, Mike McAllowitz, uh, um the Pumpkin Plan, his uh, book about profit first. I think that's a that's a really good book for financial advice if you don't know how to watch your money. And and honestly, I had this. That's why I was good with money because I practiced what he talked about 
somehow I just came up with doing that on my own and I got even more in depth with what he was doing when I started the business. Um, but it, it, there's too many to even say I've got hundreds and hundreds of books I've, I've read that are business related. Um, a bunch of the, you know, there's a bunch of ones that by Grant Cardone I like. I also like, I really love, um, uh, be obsessed or be average by Grant Cardone. I mean, it's it's kind of good to know that there's people that can be completely ate up with business, and that's okay because they're trying to grow. So, um, but yeah, I've got a long list of books. My Audible account has got a lot going on. That's awesome. Yeah, the uh, 10x rule is great, guys. Find books that mean something to you. If you like reading chiropractic specific, go for it. If you like business, there are plenty of books on it. What's cool about podcasts and books are just what Jacob said, where he's found some things that he didn't even, you know, realize they were being talked about in a book or whatever that he's already doing. What it does is it either confirms or denies your thoughts, right? If you feel like imposter, you're like, why am I feeling this way? Why do I feel alone with these thoughts? You start reading, you start connecting in communities and listening to podcasts. You'll find that a lot of what you're thinking is what millions of other people have thought in that same situation too. And and you feel empowered to grow. Um, Yep. I, the one that I've read or I'm reading now is called Way of the Wolf by Jordan Belfort. Have you read that, Jacob? I think I started reading that. I have not finished that. I, but I yeah, is he does he only have one book? No, he's got a couple different books. Uh, I mean, he's got Wolf of Wall Street, which I think is like you know talking off of the movie and stuff like that. But Way of the Wolf is this straight line method. It's called, and that's yep. yeah. And he talks about selling, and I think it is man, it's so so powerful because you can turn it you know he says it's the same thing regardless of what you're trying to sell who you're trying to sell it to and so much of our lives is sales i would say that i'm not necessarily a major salesperson, um but i think that when it comes to books like this you can start to implement it and understand where you can gain confidence to understand the process better and utilize your efforts so uh, i i think those are awesome give me what is your idea of success? Um, being free and being happy with your family, you know, and, and, and achieving the things you want to achieve. And I mean, really being able to do the ultimate success and freedom is just being able to do what you want when you want. Love it. All right. Give me three solid areas to focus on in the first five years of business. And it can be three things specifically. It can be, you know, three generals. What do you have for me? Financial marketing sales i like that financial marketing and sales okay quick spin off of those financial what is something that you would do to focus on the financial side of it you need to understand how your accounting works what you can write off what benefits you have as a business owner um, you need to learn a little bit about that. I mean, I think someone should at least know how to set up a chart of accounts and your profit loss balance sheet, um, those simple, simple financial instruments in your business. So, um, perfect. And guys, we're going to get into some of the financial side as I talked with, uh, some financial experts. It's not just going to be me chatting. We're going to have other people that are experts in their field and that can help us understand QuickBooks and different things to get you guys rolling. So number two, marketing, what's something you can do there? Um, marketing, you know, read books and everything about like, even though I wasn't great at writing copy or can't really write, I still had ideas of what I thought would work and knew would work from a marketing standpoint. So, so knowledge to see where you can spend the smallest amount when you're starting and, and make the biggest effect. What, what is that going to be? Perfect. And then in sales, 
sales. I mean, absorb everything because like you said, everything in your life is a sale. You know, getting someone to say yes, getting um, even even getting a date is a sale. Getting your kid to listen is a sale. Um, everything you persuade is a sale. It doesn't matter if you make money off of it or not because uh, my wife marrying me was the commission of, of that sale. You know, like that's that's how that paid. And it paid off big time. Look at you now, yeah. huh? Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Guys, I, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Jacob, I appreciate your time. And, and again, guys, sorry that we went a little over of, of our, uh, you know, our goal on our time slot, but you know what, when you've got somebody that has great knowledge and, and is willing to share it with you, I want you guys to get the most out of this podcast physically possible. So thank you very much, Jacob. We wish you all the best here as we finish up 2020 going into 21. What's, what's a goal of yours for 21? Um, to take the business to three and a half million in sales, three and a half million. Unreal. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, so, yeah, thank you for having me on here. You're welcome. We'll, we'll be checking in with you guys. Check out his uh, his YouTube channel. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of a lot of good stuff on there. He's got um, Instagram page, Facebook. Tell us where to find you. Um, yeah, I mean, you can. The, the main hub is just YouTube. Jacob Godar at YouTube. Uh, you can check out uh, Jacob Godar. I've got an entrepreneurial fade page on Facebook and my regular one, and also Jacob Godar at Instagram. Uh, those are all the platforms I'm the most active on. Love it. We may post a little of this on YouTube, guys. Uh, this is definitely going to be on our Apple Podcast, Spotify, all that good stuff. We'll make some social media posts with it. So stay tuned. This should be out actually uh, here in the next couple of days. So. December is going to be wild. Thanks so much, Jacob. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you.